Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Mike Morano texts in. He says, um, says, AC St. Patrick's Day Parade on the boardwalk next weekend with Kelsey Grammer. (laughs) Mike Sullivan checks in. His lovely wife, Donna, who was just in London with Danielle, is preparing a whole soda bread for the Rosenbergs. Corned beef, cabbage, the whole thing. You're going to send it over tomorrow. Of a real traditional Irish dinner. By the way, Irish food is terrible. I'm just going to say it right now. So thank you for the offer, Mike. But I find nothing less appetizing than corned beef and cabbage. I mean, nothing, nothing. First of all, I don't, I don't like the way it tastes. And second of all, I fart for like days, days. So I appreciate the gesture, but just drop off the soda bread and keep the uh, the corned beef and cabbage. Just drop the cannolis and keep the guns. Take the guns away. That's it. Yeah. It's not that it isn't the most appetizing. Oh, it's horrible. No. God, I used to go to um, <laughs> I used to go to this place across the street from the Cuckoo's Nest. There were three bars on Flappish Avenue that I used to go to all the time. Three Irish bars, Gallagher's, Night Owl, and Cuckoo's Nest. And there was some restaurant across the street. I don't remember the name of it. And my father would take us to uh, St. Patrick's Day to, you know, for the old traditional dinner. And it was horrible. <laughs> I mean, horrible. It's just not, oh. not the best cooking you can terrible. get. Terrible. <laughs> it's not. Anyway, uh, Joseph Tacopina is the best defense attorney in the world. And... Did you eat enough now, boy, over there? <laughs> More potatoes. Yeah, great. And uh, he's gorgeous. And um, I'm friends with him for 47 years and all that stuff. My man, Joe Tacopino. How are you, You know, I I love the Jews. You know, I went to Yeshiva. You know, I'm behind you and everything you do. But when we're talking about culinary delights, brother, I mean, after breakfast, the Jews fall off pretty hard. I See, I disagree with that. You give me a nice bowl of Kreplach soup, a corned beef uh, sandwich, nice and lean with uh, some of those deli fries, and I'm good. I mean, I know I'm not a friend of, like, um, a fan, I should say. Of some of the grandmother Jewish food, I agree. It doesn't matter because you're Italian and you win no matter what. It's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> but a good cat, a good cat's delicatessen turkey sandwich on rye is amazing. I will tell you that. Yeah. Somebody once, more than once, I've been asked so many times in interviews, if there's only one food you can eat every day, what would it be? And it's always Italian food. Always Italian food. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would eat pizza every meal, every day, if I could. But I turn to like a round ball or something. But I well, mean, it would be. Oh, you like yeah. pizza? See, I turn you oh, on, God. and I'm proud of this. Oh, the, the chicken palm with the vodka sauce. Yes. <laughs> oh, 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 that's my go-to thing now, bro. I brother. know. That, that's really healthy too. I want to thank you for that as well. <laughs> my cholesterol has shot up twenty-five percent, but thank you, Sid. You know what's funny about that is uh, you were great on the show last week. You're already great today. And you gave me Mike Piazza last week, and he was terrific. And you guys both spend a lot of time in your, your homeland, the motherland, the Italy. But the, I don't think you'd even get Vio Parmesan replacing with vodka sauce in Rome. You probably can't even get it, right? If you, They don't even understand what vodka sauce If you ordered that in Italy, they'd kick you out of the restaurant. <laughs> Get out. Get out. I mean, it'll just be like, they don't, there's no such thing as vodka. That's such an Italian American invention. It's not even funny. I mean, that's like soprano stuff, not, not like, uh, you know, 
the, the motherland stuff. There's nothing like that in Rome. So, no. Well, so when you go to Rome, and we'll start talking about Trump and all the important stuff momentarily, but I like this. Well, when you go to Rome, and you're in Milan quite a bit and all over Italy, uh, what is what is like the dish you usually get? Like, I would get chicken parm in New York. What do you usually get in Rome? Or Italy, I should say. So, I have Roman roots in my family, and there's this one famous Roman dish, and it's the only thing I could cook. I mean, it's absolutely the only thing I know how to cook. It's called calcio pepe. And calcio pepe is a basically it's Italian macaroni and cheese, except a hundred times better. It's it's a, a, a sort of a pecorino romano cheese grated with some peppers. Calcio is the cheese, pepe is the peppers. You mix that up. And there are a few restaurants in New York now that are pretty serious about their couch of Pepe. So that would be my go-to, like, okay, you're on your deathbed. What's the last thing you're going to have? Couch of Pepe. <laughs> All right, there you have it. We'll take a short break. When we get back, there's a lot on the table. For Donald Trump, Eric Adams, all these guys going through some real legal issues right now. Nobody better to talk to. Don't change that channel. Keep it right here. More with famed defense attorney, the great Joseph Takapina. In just a couple of minutes... mental health facts let's go nearly 2 million ohioans live with a mental health condition in the u.s more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide so why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma ohio challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. My good buddy Bobby Hartman celebrating 25 years of sobriety this year. He's got a big golf tournament coming up in June, and he's going to honor me and Daryl Strawberry, which is very, very sweet. I love him. I remember I spoke at his um, sober house last year, mainstream house. Is uh, thanking Lou Rafino for all the Led Zeppelin you've uh, played today. Now, there's no birthday say though, right? No Plant or, or Page or nobody, right? No, you can play good songs with him, regardless. Yeah, no, we love we love Led Zeppelin. That's right. So, uh, my sister Elizabeth checks in. Lizzie, listening right now in Parkland, Florida. I love you, Lizzie. And she says, "So funny they don't have chicken parm uh, on the menus in Rome." So her son Logan, my nephew, learned very quickly when he lived there. Her kids love Cacio Pepe, whatever he was just saying, uh, Tacopina. But Logan loves Bucciatini. I don't even know what this says. Amatriciana. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So, um, <laughs> what, what is she saying, my sister Lizzie? And Sean Cerrone says, Matriciana. what is it called? Bucatini Matriciana. Okay, fine, tough guy. Yeah. Another Roman dish, like carbonara. Oh, oh, there you go. So my nephews love that. And finally, uh, Sean Cerrone, who owns Burn Fitness, 
Kevin Corsi just said, text your boy right now, Sid Rosenberg. The name of the bar is Nana Daly, I guess, on Flappish Avenue. But So you know that dish that uh, my sister's, you know, Lizzie, the dish she's talking about. Of course. Yeah. Of course. All right. Lizzie, All right, <laughs> said hi, please. So let's I love your sisters, man. God, uh, thank you. Yeah, you know them all. What am I talking about? You know them all very, very well. So let's get to, um, I want to get to a story that you actually sent me. Because I find it to be very, very interesting because my guess is most people don't even know this name. But um, it's fascinating because in this column, it reads, she sits in a tough chair, the operative trying to guide Trump through four indictments. And in this NBC News column, they're talking about Susie Wiles. Is that right? Is she the one trying to guide him through this? She is a rock. Um, my experience with Susie has been so positive. She's someone who is, is measured. Um, you know, she's soft-spoken, but measured. She's, you know, media shy, but she's sort of a, a survive and, and thrive sort of person. Um, and she's she keeps order to a very chaotic world. Um, she does. I mean, her and, and Boris, you know, Boris Epstein, our, our friend, um, you know, Boris is someone who's also, I, I have regard for and respect for for what he's done there but Susie is is really the behind the scenes maestro and she's someone you know who, who don't forget she came from the DeSantis camp um and really is good in Florida but she she has President Trump's ear you know if she says trust me on this one he trusts her and and he should she's uh she's she's good she's very very good and she's if there's a success in November Susie's going to get a lot of credit for that. She really is. She's terrific. She's very smart. I mean, we had discussions on legal matters, and she's not a lawyer, but she, you know, she knew what the the hot button topics were. So I have a lot of regard for Susie. You know, this immunity case that uh, the Supreme Court decided earlier this week to give Trump some more time, which is great. It smacks Jack Smith right across the face and and makes it possible—not probable, but possible—this thing will never happen if Trump, in fact, wins in November. I go back to the attorney, and he wasn't Joe Tacopino or Todd Blanche or any name that I know. And I remember when one of the judges posed to him, well, you know, Donald Trump, uh, he, I guess he could just kill, uh, you know, his uh, his opponent. And I don't understand why the, the attorney at that time didn't say, well, that's ridiculous, that's silly. Of course he can't do that. He didn't do that. And I know you don't take other attorneys to task, but I remember when I was watching it on television that night months ago, that I felt like it was a lost opportunity, and I'm not even an attorney. I thought that was a terrible job. You know, it's what what that became was the the you know the the flagship moment for the haters um, to say, look, Trump thinks he should be able to kill his political opponents. Okay, and that's clearly not what that was a hypothetical. That was not based on reality. It was what judges do, by the way, in, in appellate arguments all the time. They they come up with hypotheticals that you don't expect, and certainly that are not real. Um, I don't think anyone in their right mind thinks that a president could assassinate a political opponent because, look, a president should be uh, certainly should be immune from criminal prosecutions for some core official acts, but not for acts done for personal gain like that or unconnected with the president's official duties. No one's suggesting that. Right. So so the president should be immune from wartime decisions, for example, um, but not 
not to, I want to knock off my political opponent like this is Russia and Putin, and you just kill him, <laughs> and you're immune. No one's suggesting that. President Trump does not suggest that. <laughs> the lawyers aren't, and that was a ridiculous scenario, hypothetical from the, 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 the justice in that argument, but it's what they do. I know, but, I but, but, agree, but if you were, but, but, I, I would have handled it like I just did, which is right. no one's suggesting that. Right. Because, because it's a criminal prosecution. He should be immune for core official acts. Okay, not for acts of personal gain. No one's suggesting that. He could go out there and, and, and commit murder. And just because he happens to behold the title of president, but he murdered somebody who he has a, a grudge with, he's immune. No one's saying that. Right. Okay, good. Uh, let me go to Georgia because today is uh, D-Day, Judgment Day for Fannie Willis. Now, he did have uh, your guy, Judge Andrew Napolitano, who every time he's here, every time he's here, he's in studio every Friday, finds a couple of minutes to um to shower you with superlatives, he loves you, and uh, he said that he does not think that the judge in Georgia has the intestinal fortitude to um to kick Fannie Willis off the case. He did admit that because of what Fannie and Wade have done, that now the case has some dents. He may question the sincerity, the integrity of the case, but he thinks the judge allows her to stay. What do you think? I I do too. Um, listen. First of all, I feel better saying that knowing that Judge Napolitano said it. <laughs> Judge Napolitano, and this is me giving a little love back, but he's someone I've looked up to in this because he's the first guy that I honestly can tell you that I saw capture the, the, the ability to be in the media and talk about the law in a practical sense. He was a real judge. like He was a trial guy. He was a judge who was in the belly of the beast and then was able to bring that to the – to the sort of the newsrooms. And, and that's something that a lot of lawyers go on TV who have never seen the, they don't know where the witness sits in a courtroom, okay? But they go on there and talk about things that they have no idea of. Judge Napolitano is so precise in his analysis. And what I, I heard that, by the way, and I, I agree with him. I agree with him. It's going to take a lot because don't forget a grand jury at the end of the day voted to indict, right? A grand jury voted to indict. Um, this, this moron, this Fannie Willis has made a sideshow of, of, of a case that was, you know, a fairly tight and, and, and strong case in some regards. And now it's become, it's nothing about the case anymore. It's about her and, and whether she lied and committed perjury, which, you know, it looks like she did. I mean, it, 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 you know, this somehow has now become, when did this start? When did this affair start, right? Did it start before she hired him and then that money get spent on them? Or did it start after? If it started after, I guess, to a degree, it's a lot less egregious because she hired him then on his merits. Uh, she was paid because of his work. But if it was done before, then it calls the question the integrity of the investigative team. And that's what you have here. So, But I don't think I, – I, I tend to agree with Judge Napolitano on this one. I don't think this case is going anywhere. Even if, even if she's kicked off the case, the case still isn't going anywhere. But I don't think he's going to kick her off the case. But i got to be honest with you, based on her testimony, which to me – was appalling. You, you know, you've done something wrong as a prosecutor, and you've really done something wrong, and you've lied. And you get up on the witness stand and start lecturing the lawyers, questioning you, and, and telling them they don't know what they're doing or they're not the, she's not the one on trial. No, as a matter of fact, you are on right. trial. Your right. credibility is on trial, right. Ms. Willis. Your credibility is on trial, and you should be questioned yeah. vigorously by any defense lawyer. So her attitude further cemented my my dislike and disdain for her and it showed me a complete lack of professionalism and look i gotta be honest with you the best thing for president trump could be she does stay on this case because her credibility is as low as you can get yeah so i i don't know i don't know
She is a repulsive racist, and I despise her. By the way, Donald Trump will be in court in Fort Pierce, Florida, momentarily, as uh, they, they give out, I guess, today the critical trial date on the documents case. But I want to go to a case that you actually presided over and won. And I gave you credit for it this morning. I'm going to do it again. You won the E. Jean Carroll case because while this, you know, this uh, amped up New York judge and jury had to had to do something to Trump, they couldn't let him walk. So they went down the list of uh, of uh, offenses, and number two on the list was that ridiculous sexual abuse claim, which never happened, and that ridiculous fine. But of course, all they really wanted, all she wanted, was to label Trump a rapist the rest of his life. But you won the case. You won, and that completely went away. But this lady is still sticking around, and now she wants $80 million, Joe? $80 million? You know, you want to hear something funny? And it's not really even funny. It's shocking. I've never seen this in my life. She sued for ten, This is just for defamation, right? So this is what they call Carol 2. She sued for defamation. Now, my case was rape, because she said rape 43 times on her direct testimony. Uh, rape, 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 rape. The summation, the opening statements, all about rape. And then after that, they played the Access Hollywood tape. Uh, they brought in other women from 40 years ago, 20 years ago, sexual abuse, and then defamation also, in my case. So the jury, as you said, didn't find rape, which was what they were playing for. Now the second trial was just defamation, and they sued for $10 million. During the trial, they upped the ask to $24 million, the Carroll lawyers. And ultimately... The jury said, no, we reject that. We're going to give you $83 million. I've never seen a lawyer ask for a number and a jury saying, nah, that's not good enough. We're going to give you four times what you asked for. That's basically what happened here. And it's, it's I mean, it's absolutely shocking. But it, it, it's, it's real. And Judge Kaplan, you know, and look, I, I have respect for Judge Kaplan as, as an intellect and a jurist, but he, he is no fan. Of, of, of President Trump, and he made that very clear. In my case, I moved for a mistrial in my case yeah. because of his conduct. You're funny. You know, you're funny. So you, you may have to appear in front of this prick again so you say nice things about him. You can't put those two things in the same sentence. You can't have a judge make a decision based upon how he feels a guy personally and go, no, he's a great jurist. He's not. He's a dick. And what he did was reprehensible, and people like yeah, him and Letitia James and, and Eric Brett. in front of him next week. So yeah. I have a case in front of him next week. So let's, uh, what do you want? Uh, you want to talk about the Rangers now? What next? I don't know. What about? <laughs> Please. Please. Let me take that all back. He's not a bad guy. He's a nice Jewish guy from Brooklyn. I take it all back. He's a Jewish uh, guy from Staten Island. There you go. Exactly. There you go. They don't even exist. I want to go to... Uh... I want to go to Adams. Uh, seems like seems like every other month these days, there's another FBI raid for the mayor. Uh, now they've... Uh, all this money they're talking about from Turkey, from Red China... From uh, here in New York, from, um, I know I'm missing a place. Um, well, I forget. It doesn't matter. Point being that there's been three FBI raids, three of them, Russia too, excuse me, three FBI raids, and every time they raid it, it comes out like this. Well, they raided uh, his uh, Asian person, they raided his Brooklyn person, but this has nothing to do with Eric. Well, wait a second, wait a second. These are his fun, fundraisers. These are people as close to him as anybody in his life. What do you mean? It has nothing to do with the mayor. I mean, eventually we're going to find out this has everything to do with the mayor, yes? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I don't, you don't know. We don't know what the FBI is really looking at. But, but I will tell you one thing that gives me well, pause. Well, you think the FBI saying, really cares about Winnie Greco? <laughs> Come on. You know, 
the allegations against Winnie Greco are, are not good for Winnie Greco because they're personal gains. She basically was selling her position of power for personal gain. The allegations, again, I don't know if she's guilty or innocent. I'm not even opining on that because we don't know the evidence yet, right? So, and I hate when people start putting people into a, a, you know, a conviction mode before we even know what the evidence is or before there's even charges. But apparently the allegation against her is that she, for personal gain, okay, was, was selling her power or selling access. That doesn't really reflect on Mayor Adams. It just doesn't in that regard. But don't forget, now this is the second top aide, right? Second top aide, and more importantly, the FBI did stop the mayor in the middle of the street and say, give us your phones. That's where I'm not so quick to say, oh, yeah, it has nothing to do with him. It's just everybody around him is under FBI investigation. I don't know about that because, you know, when the FBI stops you on the street and seizes your phones and tells your security details stand back, that's not a friendly interaction. That's not, hey, Mayor Adams, can you give us your phone records? No, they were they were they rolled up on him. And they did that. And, and I don't know where this is going. Again, this is it's not good. No matter what, it's not good, because when you're a government official and the people closest to you are under federal law enforcement scrutiny, you know, there's where there's smoke, they say. Yeah, there's fire sometimes. Hopefully not. Look, hopefully yeah. not. But but and I don't want to, you know, by any stretch, don't want to presume uh, Mayor Adams is, is guilty of anything, but but it's not a good look. No matter what, it's not a good look. Well, that's what I'm saying, too. And I hope it's not, too. Uh, lastly, look, um, I'm not proud of it. In fact, I'm embarrassed by a lot of it. I really am, my wife and my family. But everybody knows about my drug and drinking history, and I can tell you this. I remember there were nights when I was high, okay? And, again, not proud of it, but it, it happened. And I would try to text Danielle, for example, and uh, tell her when I'd be home or where I was. And I got to tell you, Joseph, writing the word the was difficult. I'm not kidding you. It was almost impossible. So when I hear Hunter Biden sit on the stand a couple days ago, and he did more coke than I did, he's sitting on the stand telling these people that he lied that his father was sitting next to him because he was high and drunk when he sent those texts. And then I read the text. His punctuation was correct. Forget about his spelling. Take it from a guy who's been there. I couldn't write the word the. I didn't believe one word that kid was saying. Not one word. Yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, first of all, his story has changed. So now, finally, the big guy who uh, everyone was saying, oh, that well, he wasn't referring to his father. Now that's apparently his father. Okay? So, so you know, he's gone. He, when you make inconsistent statements on material issues and you change your story on material issues, you're lying. It's it's that simple. You're lying. and And so that's what I believe is happening here. I think this guy is going to come unglued. I mean, you know, every time I've said something about him, I get a letter from his lawyers. You know, when President Trump said something about him, Hunter Biden's lawyers uh, sent me a, a cease and desist letter, which we laughed at, obviously. Um, you know, but it's 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 hysterical that this guy thinks, and, and, and they, they walk, you know, the double standard in the media, this is what gets me, really. You know, I, I don't relish in, in, in anyone's, pain and suffering and displeasures. I just don't. But some people do. But when you see the media cover this, can you imagine if that was Donald Trump Jr. Eric, who had a, a drug problem and had told inconsistent stories about their father? I mean, it would I mean, it would be and, a, and not just inconsistent stories, but, but but have taken millions and millions and millions of dollars from America's enemies. Enemy. Yep. And it's it's 
it's it's that's why I just can't stand the double standard. Um, you know, he claimed he didn't involve his father in his business, yet he used his father in his business. So, and and now now he's going to lean back on the fact that he's a drug addict or was a drug addict or you know didn't mean it because he was so high or drunk or stoned. I mean, that, that's when you know you've hit bottom when you have nothing left to use as a defense, and you're going with, all right, I'm a crackhead. Yeah. And I'm stoned. And I yeah. don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's bad. It, and it is bad. And it's just, you know, look, it's, it's impossible. But Sid, what you went through and look, you're perfect. By the way, let's digress for one second and get away from the politics of it. You know, when you, when you were talking, said, I remember our conversations during those times. And, and it was hard for me to, 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 to because I, I care so much about you. And, but what you've been able to do, that's, this is what, a true sort of example of perseverance is you, you dealt with it, you grappled with it. It was hard, but you've overcome. And that's, you know, that's look, the only impossible journey is the one you never begin. And you began that. I remember the, you hit rock bottom and you came out of it. And look where you are now, man. Thank you. I appreciate that, Joseph. I love you. Thank you, Mr. H. You know, you choke me up every time you're on the damn show. Uh, thank you. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. My dad appreciates so that, too. So proud of you. Thank so you. Of you. 60 seconds to go. Anything but a Stanley Cup win will be a disappointment. Yes or no? No, no question. I mean, no question. I mean, I, you know. Uh, you, you were supposed to be at the game with me the other night, but I know you didn't make it. You know, didn't you? Okay, whatever. But but it's, it was just amazing. There is such a, a, a an atmosphere there now, and I'm just I don't want them. You, Pete Morgan, and I talked about this. I don't want them to do anything drastic at the trade deadline. We don't need a, a a rental player for a couple months to break up this chemistry. This team has chemistry, and they have the greatest Ranger of all time now on their roster, Matt Remke. Matt, I Remke, love him too. I mean the. I, when he's on the ice, I feel like yeah. I'm watching my son. Like right. I, he is. Oh, you! Forget about your son. It's you. A throwback to the good old days when Joe Tacopino yeah. and Skidmore would fight anybody on the ice. That's what it was, and it was. It's a great part of hockey. Look, when people say that the oh hockey, there's no shouldn't be fighting in hockey. First of all, it's legal. It's a penalty, but it's legal like tripping. Um, but but more importantly, it is the only moment that the entire arena, no matter what arena you're in, stands up on their. Feet I know. When I know. When there's a scrap. And what fighting does, see, it's it's studies I can talk to you about forever. What fighting in hockey does is keep the game clean. It does. the game clean. Right. In Finland, where where fighting is banned in their league, there are more injuries there, substantial and serious injuries, because these guys, these, you know, will slash you in the the knees. They'll (laughs) they'll cross-check you in the neck. They know they get away with it. So the best players are subject, Sidney Crosby, uh, Wayne Gretzky, all the greats. Mark Messier said we wouldn't be who we were if it weren't for our respective guys, right, Dave Semenko or whoever it was at the time. And and it's true, Nick Patiu with the Rangers. And, and now this, this Rempe kid, I mean, first of all, the Garden loves him because he's a 21-year-old kid who has no fear. Great. And it's just, it's a great thing. So, no, there, there is no success this year without a Stanley Cup. This is the year. Last year, we, we should have been there, and then I heard, you know, you guys there and, and Joe Nolan and all that talking about those that mediocre team from New Jersey uh, <laughs> plays in a half-empty arena in a swamp. Right. Um, you know, it's a, it's, 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 this is our year. This is our year, and, and if Igor keeps being Igor, yep. he's unbeatable. He's Hard unbeatable. to argue. Hard to argue when uh, Panarin's having a monster year, the best year of his career. 35 goals already. Quieter's got 30. It's a lot of fun. Tack, you were amazing today. Just amazing. 25-minute appearance, and you're the absolute best. I love you. Thank you. 
All right, brother. Love you, too. Joseph Tacopino right there, famed defense attorney, dear friend of mine for the better part of 47 years, former Donald Trump attorney, attorney to the stars, nobody better.